welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Hi church, thanks band. Everyone doing well? Everyone sang healthy? No one sneezed on communion? Everyone being dodgy? I had to, I was, I was in a, a hearing appointment uh, last week and I needed to sneeze because I had dust in my mouth, but I'm like, I can't sneeze, like not in the current climate of things. The girl who's doing the, you know, with the headphones and the beeps, she's like right there. So I'm like really trying not to sneeze, like, at one point, I had tears coming out my eyes. And she um, are you okay? And I was like, just really trying to listen. Just really trying to hear the beeps. She's like, okay, this guy is really wanting to hear those beeps. So anyway. <laughs> no, it's all good. We just got to trust God. It's what it comes down to. Um, but have you ever just felt really pathetically weak? Like just... Like a loser sometimes, you just think you're on top of the world and then you just, it all comes crashing down and you just feel like a weakling. I mean, I certainly have. I'll tell you a story of how that's happened to me. Um, I was in my early 20s, so a few years ago now, and I was uh, playing a lot of rugby. I think at the time I was the captain of the team, so I was super fit and doing well and I was just king of the world. I just felt like, felt like a boss. I was just killing it. And I remember playing a game, I don't know the result, but we came off and someone was like, hey, Hudson, your ear is messed up. And I looked and saw, and I had the full cauliflower ear, and it was bleeding, and it was all horrible. And I just like, that, well, that's horrible. Um, but I'll go to the doctor, and I'll get it sorted out. Um, I think I'd had sort of minor things like that before. So I went to the, the doctor on base, and uh, not a uniformed doctor. He's not like in the army. He's kind of contracted to the army, which generally means potentially they're not doing their own practice, and they're kind of just doing this. So they're competent sometimes and as proven in a sec. So anyway, I tell him, I'm like, hey, can you, can you cut it? And it bleeds out all the pus and gross stuff in it. And he, I remember him going, oh, I don't really know what that is. I'm like, well, here. And I Googled it on my phone. I was like, look, you cut the cauliflower ear with a razor and it, it sort of it comes out. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, look, I don't feel comfortable doing it. I'm like, well, fine. I'll go do it myself in my room, and, and, which I had done before. So mum, mum's like, what? My mum's on the front row. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so anyway, I think he was like, all right, I'll do it, you know. So I'm sitting there and anyway, he starts cutting. And I remember thinking, oh, that hurts more than it should. Like, a lot. I said that. I was like, oh, that really hurts. And, he's, and he sort of stopped. He's like, oh, yes. Well, uh, okay. So that isn't right. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I remember... And there was a mirror, like those big mirrors in a hospital next to me. And I turned my head to look and my ear went. <laughs> and he had cut like down the back of my ear. He just, he just like all the way down to maybe a centimeter above my earlobe. And I was just like, you've cut my ear off. <laughs> He's like, yes, look, uh, it, it's fine. What we'll do, what we'll do is that we'll call an ambulance. And I'm like, call an ambulance? You're a doctor. <laughs> Well, I'm in a medical centre. I was really angry. 
He's like, it's fun, it's fun, here. And so he's wrapped it up. And so I'm like this ridiculous, I look like, like a cartoon character that's like hurt themselves with wraps all around their head. And I'm like, no, I'm not calling an ambulance. I'll drive there myself. So I've driven to the hospital, walked into the emergency room, and people are like, what's going on, man? And I'm just covered in bandages and blood all down here. And I'm still in like footy shorts, like short shorts and thongs. And my, my, anyway, so stink. So I'm in the emergency room and, I mean, it's kind of an emergency, but it's not exactly life-threatening. You can, you can live without an ear, I guess. Chopper did it for a while, I guess. Like, I, I just, did, it didn't seem to be high on their priority list. Everyone decided to have drug overdoses and have horrible other things happen to them that were more of a priority. So I just sat there for like six hours. It was horrible. And I remember just kind of, at one point, just feeling like, like, what do you, what do, you do? I'm just here with my ear dangling off. I thought, like, earlier that day, I thought I was top of the world. And here I am sitting, and I just felt broken. I remember calling my parents. I'm just like, what, what do I do here? Like, I can't sew it back myself. Like, should I get super glue? Like, what am I doing? And, uh, and I ended up having to call and book an appointment and come back the next day. So I was just, for a day, I was walking around like a mummy. Um, and, yeah, I just remember thinking, it didn't, it didn't matter how strong or how much I was, just thought I was on top of the world and awesome. It just... Life just comes along and just knocks you off your feet. And uh, oh, my ear's all good, by the way, now. It got sewn back on and it's headphones don't properly fit in that ear, kind of the bud ones, but anyway, it's all sorted. It doesn't look too bad. Um, but yeah, like eventually, it doesn't matter how, how well life trajectory is going for you, you are going to get knocked on your feet. What then? What do you do when you can't solve it? When something is so far out of your hands, I didn't know what to do. It's not something that I was exactly trained in. It's not something that I had prepared for. There was no plans. There was nothing I could do. I was just there, just with my ear dangling off. I just felt completely hopeless. What do you do then, guys? Let's look to the Bible. It's always a good place to start. Because in 1 Joshua 1.9, this is, God, this is uh, God speaking to Joshua after Moses has died. And now he's having to take control and be in charge, be God's representative for all the Israelites. A fairly large responsibility, being in charge of an entire race of people. And so he's probably has some apprehension about it. Um, he was a, initially a spy, like a military commander. And now it's like, now you're in charge of everyone. So God says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I think that's awesome. I think I, I kind of like the wording, yeah, the NIV and... God speaking to Joshua, it's kind of incredulous. It's like a, a father, have I not commanded you? I've already told you this, okay? Stop it. Stop stressing. Stop giving in to fear. It's under control. I want to talk to you today, guys, um, about spiritual strength. I want to talk about being strong in God's power. Because it doesn't matter often how strong you might think you are emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever. If life really throws you a curveball, that's just not going to be enough. It's going to come down to being strong in God's power. You know, that's what, uh, that's what God's really saying there, to be strong and courageous because I am with you. It's not being, do not be frightened and be dis- and dismayed because you're super jacked and you're a smart dude. Yeah? It's be strong because I am with you. Spiritual strength, guys. I think when I think of strength in whatever domain we're talking about, I think of it as moving things or resisting, doing, doing the opposite of what it might be that is difficult. 
So, or sorry, what's easy? You know, physical strength is easy, obviously. We're going to move some weights around. We're going to uh, stop being pushed around physically. You know, mental strength might be when something's really frustrating and you're tired of it or it's difficult, but you do it anyway. And emotional strength, you know, when someone's getting angry at you, it's not matching that anger. It's doing the opposite and responding with love. You know, you're not going to arc up at someone or lash out when you just feel like doing it. You're going to do the opposite. I, I saw actually, I saw a great example of emotional strength. And I'll admit that I was not the one that was displaying that. Uh, I was walking my dog with my parents actually at the beach. And this little yappy, annoying, silly dog's... Uh, an older lady who had it, and it yapped at our dog, and my dog's a German Shepherd, did not bark, but I uh, kind of backed off and was like, hey, what are you doing? And this lady kind of got dragged by her dog, and the glasses fell off her head. We're at the, one of the lookouts at Terrigal, and uh, she's turned around and started having a go at us, like, oh, oh, don't laugh. I've just lost my glasses because of your dog. And I will admit, my initial reaction was just to think, well, have fun with that, your fault, and just kind of walk off, to be honest, because that was not my dog, and don't be rude. But my mother is much more emotionally strong than me, and she's much more wise, and she just responded with love. It's fine. Hey, we're not laughing. My son will get your glasses for you, which I was like, will I? Um, <laughs> okay, fine. Just, yeah, like, dragging my feet, kicking, here's your glasses. Anyway, but doing the opposite, yeah? Doing what you, you feel like you don't want to do, it, or you, something is pushing you, and you do the opposite. All that strength really boils, it, it's limited. Our emotional, all our other strength is limited, but spiritual strength taps into God's power, and God's power is unlimited. Your emotional strength is dictated by how spiritually strong you are. Because that gives you an unlimited resource to rely on. Your mental strength and your fortitude to keep going, that has an unlimited potential if you're connected to God. Otherwise, it is limited because you're relying on your own plans and what you can do. We are limited as humans. We're imperfect and God is perfect. He created the entire universe and will give us the power that we need to move through whatever life's problems may be in front of us. As trivial as an older lady you might not get along with to huge problems that you're struggling to pay the mortgage and your career's gone down and your ears being torn off, whatever it is. It could be anything. Spiritual strength, guys, is enduring the currents of life. It's, it's being able to resist the urge that, or the, the things that the devil is going to drag us into sin. The devil wants to drag you into sin, and spiritual strength is the one thing that's going to stop you doing that. He wants to drag you down with stress. He wants to drag you down with fear. He wants to stop your momentum, clog you down. And spiritual strength is what ultimately is deep enough for us to move through that. Living in fear, what the devil wants to do to you, is living outside of God's promise for us. Spiritual strength is living in God's promise for us, for the recognizing what God has promised in our fulfilled life and living in that and not stepping out of that realizing and maintaining that connection. I think making sure that we recognize what fear is, is important. Because fear is, is what's going to stop you from, you know, potentially reaching out to someone that needs your help or God's help. And you're like, oh, I don't want to, it's a bit embarrassing, you know, little things. I don't want to come out the front for prayer. That's, that's embarrassing. You, you might need it, but fear is going to stop you. Fear is stopping you living in God's plan. Making sure that we can recognize, hey, that's, that's fear taking control. 
What's going to stop me from, what's going to help me move through that? Staying connected with God. Staying that connection, uh, I think, is what I really want to focus on today, guys, is because I've already said it, you know, as limited resources, ugh, it's all going over, okay. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So staying connected with God, guys, his connection with us is what dictates our spiritual strength. It's not going to be a one-off thing. It's not going to be, yep, strong in the Lord for a bit, then I kind of just leave it behind. It's staying connected for a long period of time. Ideally, your whole life, all right? Ideally, it grows from the moment you become a Christian, whenever that might be, as a child or later as an adult, all the way until our deathbed. We just grow in strength. That might not happen, but the reality is that connection is going to grow stronger throughout our entire lives. It's only going to get stronger as long as that connection is maintained. If you don't maintain that connection, it's going to fall to pieces. So I want to talk about the two things I've been really uh, focusing on, how to maintain our spiritual strength. What is our spiritual strength? It's maintaining that connection with God, living in our promise, in his promise for us. How are we going to do it? The first point, guys, is trusting God. It's letting go of our fear and knowing that he is with us. Uh, Isaiah 26.3. This is the English Standard Version. Yep. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I want to encourage you today, guys, to trust in his strength. You trust in his strength and you will be at peace. Knowing that he is there and trusting God is going to give you that peace and not, well, it's going to allow you to move past whatever it is that life has got thrown your way. It might not always be the devil that comes along and messes with your life. It might, that's just life sometimes. Stress happens. We all stress about different things. We're all freaking out about whatever it might be. But being strong is going to keep us at peace. Being strong in God is knowing, hey, essentially, it's all good. I said earlier, I've, I've played a lot of rugby, and I've always found that it's the biggest guys that are the most chilled out on the rugby field. It's always the massive, like, 150-kilo islanders that are just like, yeah, ciao, bro, it's all good. Like, I'll kill you, but it's all good. Like, okay. Because no one can physically hurt them. They're not, they're not worried. They're, not, they're like, I'm the strongest guy out here. What are you going to do? You know who the most angriest, annoying ones are? It's always the smallest guys. They've got small man syndrome out there. It's always the halfbacks that are, yeah, you want to go? You're like, well, not really. You're like, get, ugh. They're always so angry. They're always stressed out. They're always freaking out in my face. Like, just, just back off. I'm kind of... In terms of size, I'm kind of in between, so I kind of think I like to sit in the middle, but they're, the biggest guys, the strongest guys are always the most at peace. They're always just chilled. It's always the same case. Guys, if you're spiritually strong, you're going to be at peace. You're not going to be phased by life problems. You're not going to be freaking out or lashing out when something happens because in the same way people that, you know, that aren't connected to God might be. You've got it under control, and if you don't, that's okay, because God has it under control. You've got that connection with him, and you trust him. I'm strong, and if I'm not strong enough, God is even stronger, all right? I don't have small man syndrome. I've got the creator of the universe in my corner. I'm all good. Everything will be fine. There is a strength that comes with being in God. It's like when you're a child, and you're freaking out, but you run into your parents' room, and their strength just it alleviates it. You know, your father is just, is, as a child, is just this invincible figure. With, when you're with your dad, with you and your parents, everything is fine. 
I, I can attest to, did you find it as a kid kind of traumatic when your dad hurt himself in front of you? Like, oh, I've done my finger. And you're just like, what? He, he's hurt his finger. It's, it's life changing. What do you mean? If you can get hurt, that means I can get hurt. What, what is this? Well, it's okay because our spiritual father is actually invincible. He, he can't hurt his finger. Okay? That's not going to happen with him. There's no need to stress. If you're with our spiritual father, on an unlimited scale, you are 100% safe. It's okay. All right? We are at peace in our father innumerably more times than we are with our physical father. We can trust him. Just know that he's there. Stress is going to bring us down. I want to talk about that for a bit because uh, I've worked in a relatively stressful environment for a time, so I know what stress can feel like. Um, And stress is relative, you know. I'm sure everyone here has experienced, probably in their workplace or their relationship, and you're like, Hudson, please. I have dealt with stress. Like, I know there's a lot of teachers here probably. Like, that seems like a stressful job. There's no doubt. But my response would be, your children don't have high explosives and assault rifles, okay? <laughs> All those hyperactive kids at schools that you're like, oh, they should just join the army. They ain't, that's, that's the kids I'm dealing with, all right? And I'm like, here, throw this grenade. No worries. I've, I had a kid that didn't know how to throw a grenade, and he just went, bloop, and it landed in front of him. <laughs> he was okay. But then we're like, okay, let's go throw some rocks. Oh, we had to drag him out of the pit so it didn't explode and he didn't die, obviously. That's what happened. But anyway, so we're like, okay, let's teach you how to throw a rock. Oh, okay. Anyway, so my point is just I, I've dealt with stress. I know what it's like, you know. There's, uh, I, like, I had a guy last year who had a full mental breakdown. We had to send him home. Uh, he was a peer of mine. And I'm like, he totally just couldn't handle the stress of his job. And I remember the boss that we both had was like, all right, Hudson, um, you're going to have to do his job now. I'm like, all right, yep, that's fine. Oh, but sorry, who's going to do the job I was just doing? You are. You're doing both of them. I'm like, okay, no worries. Um, so, yeah, I had the worst time ever um, doing that. <laughs> but I remember up until around that time, dealing with stress, I would just kind of just shove it down. You know, that feeling where you just, you're stressed and you just kind of, you have it and you, just, you feel like you and you just kind of push it down there. You just, just bottle it up, just compress it and... It'll be fine, right? That's, and that's relying on our own abilities. That's relying on, I'll, just, I'll come up with a plan. It'll be fine, you know. I've realized only probably in the last year or two that that only works for, for a limited amount of time, okay? I don't have kids yet, so I had to learn this lesson, yeah. Um, the only way to get rid of that, the only way really is to trust God and to give it away, to let it go. If you want perfect peace, you have to stay your mind on God. You have to pick up that ball of stress, and I, I've done it now, and you have to actually physically visualize giving that stress away because you can't hold on to it. It's going to just weigh you down. The promise of God is to be in perfect peace because you are stayed on Him, because you trust in Him. Don't trust in your own abilities. Trust in God because He is there for us. Trusting that His plan for you, whatever it might be, it might not always be easy, but that is where the right in that, uh, that road of life is where the peace is going to be. That's when you know that you're on his path because peace is there. You're not stressing as much because God's got it under control. It's not going to be easy, but he's got it under control. God's strength, when you think about how it actually kind of visualizes, well, you know, he's strong and all, but 
like physically in the world right now, what do I need to do? What, I, I kind of visualize it as like a, um, you know, a fast car and all that power is there in a, in a Ferrari or whatever it might be and we've just got to steer it in the right direction, yeah? We've got to make the right choices. We've got to trust God that that power is going to get us over the hill, get us around the racetrack, whatever it might be. But, you know, if you take a Ferrari on the sand, it's useless. That power is not going to go anywhere, all right? If you are on God's path, that's where you're going to hit the freeway and go running. You take it off the path, you, just, you rely on your own abilities. Trust me, I, I know a shortcut onto this beach, this Ferrari. It's not going to go anywhere. You're going to spin your wheels. You're going to get stressed. You're going to, burn, you're going to blow your engine out. Okay, relying on his ability and being on the path where he set for you is where finding that strength is. Otherwise, that strength, it's untapped, yeah? You have to listen to him. In staying, staying connected is all good, but it works both ways, okay? You can't just feed off his energy. Yep, yep, God, give me all the strength. Yep, I'm going to charge up against this wall for the next few years. Listen to God and listen to the people in your life that are going to put you on the right path so you know that that strength is being burned in the right direction because then yeah there are obstacles on that road but I can overcome them because this is what I'm designed to do I know that I'm on the path I know that I'm speaking to the right people I'm staying connected to God okay anything God puts you in if you're on his path he's going to get you out okay he's going to give you the strength he's going to give you the ability to get you out he's going to put people in your life that have been there that know how to help you through that I was in a situation recently where I was a little stressed about what I was going to do um, in a very short-term thing. I went surfing uh, in Victoria and uh, I was out sort of on the edge of the waves, caught a wave and then at one point there was a bunch of tourists that came out as well. It was a real popular spot for, I could hear all the different foreign languages. Sitting in the surf and at one point I realised, I was kind of just like this, I'm like, oh, I think I'm in a rip here. All right, that's right, I'll, cool, I'll just paddle and I'll just keep paddling. And I'm, oh, I was like... That's fine, I've been in rips before and on a surfboard. You just generally catch a wave in. It's not as dangerous as when you're not on a surfboard. But the problem was the surf was so small, there were no waves at all. I was like, and I even thought, I'm like, I think I'm in a little bit of trouble here. This is a really strong rip that's come out of these waves and I can't paddle against it. And I am not being rescued on a boat by, like on the Australian coast that I've surfed my whole life. There's no way that I have the ego to swallow being rescued on, a, on a, one of the, you know, lifesaver rafts. But um, I remember, I literally thought, okay, um, I've never had to do this, but yeah, if you're caught in a rip, swim sideways, right? That, that is what you get taught. But I remember seeing all the tourists around just paddling like mad against the rip, and I yelled, paddle over there, paddle sideways. And then I just put my head down and paddled for like 10 minutes. It was exhausting. At one point, my head was on the board. I was just like, "Ah, okay, just keep paddling sideways. And got all the way to the point and caught a wave in. And when I got to the point, I looked back and none of the tourists had done that. They had all just kept paddling against the rip and they were like a kilometre out, like a long way. And where I was in the surf, I could see them waving back to the sand and I could see the lifeguards. Anyway, so I got a wave in. And uh, ran up to the lifeguards. I'm like, mate, you've got to, you've got to go out there. He's like, are there, is there a few people out there? Yeah, there's like a dozen people out there. And this teen, like young dude was like, oh, no. Oh, stuff and swear word, swear word. I'm like, yeah, mate, go. So they got the red little thing out. And anyway, so God will put you in a rip sometimes. You know, he's not always going to send the boat out to save you. You know, sometimes he will. You might be a novice. You might be a tourist, and he's going to send the boat out. But sometimes 
You might be too humiliated to swallow that. And so you have the ability. He's taught you how to do this before. You know, you grew up in an environment like that. He's given you the abilities. He's given you the strength to know what to do in that circumstance. Yeah. God is not always just going to helicopter parent you out of problems. Okay. God might throw you a surfboard and go, start paddling sideways, mate. You know what to do. And it sucked. It was not easy. It would have probably been a lot easier if I just let the rip take me out and accepted defeat. But yeah, like I said, my ego couldn't take it. So God sometimes is going to challenge you, all right? Doesn't mean you're not on the right path. Doesn't mean, well, I'm giving up. I'm, this is not it for me. I'm going to try something else. No. If you, if you know you're on your path and you've got that peace of mind, you've got the people around you saying, no, continue with this. Doesn't mean that there's troubles. Doesn't mean that life isn't going to throw you into a rip. Keep going strong. Trust in God's strength and let go of fear, all right? God's given you the tools. He's given you the people. He's given you the resources, and you've got his strength on your side, all right? So just don't give up. The second one I want to talk about, guys, spiritual strength is pressing into God, seeking the Holy Spirit. This is really what I'm talking about when it, being connected. 1 Chronicles 16:11. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Look to the Lord and his strength. Look to it. Stay connected. Seek his face always. This is being on, you know, God has sent the Holy Spirit to earth and this is where the onus is really on us because it's on us to seek his face. He's holding out his hand, but you are need, you're the one that needs to reach out and grab it and go, yep, I'm connected. And it says, seek his face always. It's not seek his face when you're in dire straits. It's not seek his face when you need it. It's seek his face always. His strength is there always. Not just once a week, all right? Training strength takes time. Training strength is not, oh, I got a big game tomorrow. I better go to the gym once. Good. I got something going on at work. I better study for it the night before. I, I You know, I've got a going through an emotional turmoil kind of thing, I better start praying now. That is not how strength works, okay? Strength takes a lot of time to build up. You need to, if you want to get physically strong, those guys that just go to the gym all the time, they go every day, all the time. I remember the first time I went to the gym, I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that going to the gym meant oh, you get strong, and I was tired of being the small guy on the rugby field. So I went into the room with all the cables, all those things, and I just did the first one there. I don't remember what it was. I did it until it hurt too much, and then I just went to the next one. I was like, all right, legs, this thing. And I just did that till it hurt too much, and the next one was this thing, and I didn't know what I was doing. I just did the whole room once. Anyway, I'm like, oh, everything kind of hurts. And then the next day I woke up and just everything hurt. <laughs> everything. I was just like, what is this feeling? I was like, mate, I think I've pulled a muscle. He's like, yeah, like all of them. All the muscles. What's going on? And that's DOMS, okay? When you're training, it actually hurts afterwards. It, when you're training, that is the challenge of life, is uh, training. It's not easy because you're preparing for something that is going to be potentially worse. Or because you've trained enough, yep, you've got it in stride. You've pressed into God. You've maintained that connection. You trained that spiritual strength, and you're all good. Resistance is what builds strength. If there's no resistance, you're just going along with the flow. You're just cruising, no worries. If there's resistance, that's when the strength is building. Yeah. If you find that you know everyone's felt the the uh, the thrill of a new diet, the thrill of a new workout, New Year's resolution, you got all the enthusiasm in the world, and then what comes after that? It becomes a grind. It becomes the routine, 
and you're just fed up, whatever it might be, I'm going to study, I want to learn a language. This is awesome. I can't wait to learn this. And then after a week, this sucks. Discipline sucks. Building a routine can be painful. Building a routine and having that discipline is the only way that you're going to build strength. Having a routine, praying every day, having that scripture for the week, having that scripture or a day, whatever it might be, having a scripture for your circumstances, that is where the routine and in routine for that connection with God is where we will find strength because we've maintained it and we've built it over time. Yeah, I know exactly what the scripture I need for this circumstance. I know exactly what I need to pray for. I know exactly who I need to talk to because you've trained for that. You're not going, oh man, something's gone wrong. What, what scripture, what, what do I, how do I pray properly for this again? If you've got something in your life going on, I, I've spoken, I've you know, sometimes gone to my mother like, oh man, this sucks, what's going on? Almost the first thing is, what's the scripture for it? I don't have scripture for it, mum. Right? find it. And that's a really wise answer, uh, response. What is your scripture? What are you pray, praying about in response to whatever that circumstance might be? If you haven't built up that routine of doing that, it's going to be way more difficult. Your connection with God isn't there. It's not as much to rely on. Being just not strong, when sometimes it can be a bit intimidating. I think when you look at someone who's just, wow, they are, you know, so strong in the Lord, I could never be like that. It's, it's almost intimidating in a way that, you know, you, you see someone who's just so smart and you're like, no amount of study, I will never get the grades that person does. I'll never be good at them at work, whatever it might be. But I don't think that's an excuse at all because we will all get stronger. In the same way that you're, as a child, you, you can sort of, hypothetically, you could just push over children um, because they're weak, right? Just hypothetically. Um, yeah, and then 10 years later, you're stronger. You may not have, you probably didn't go to the gym as a teenager. You just, now you're stronger because you've matured, you've grown, yeah? In the same way spiritually, don't be intimidated if someone else is way out of reach and stronger. You will get stronger with God. You just need to train. You just need to make sure that this doesn't fade, that you will get stronger the same way that you would as a child, a spiritual child. Growing with God will make you stronger, Yeah? Growing with God, having a closer relationship with Him in the church, with the right people, will make you stronger. So don't give up. It do, and this kind of strength is not a physical one that fades. It's not a mental strength that gives away. Spiritual strength only gets stronger right up until our last day on earth. The strongest people are spiritually often the ones that have just been around the longest because they've been there and they've been connected with God for longer than you've been alive. They're the spiritually strong people that have maintained that over a long period of time. You know, often the, the physically most strongest people aren't necessarily, you know, the ones that just go to the gym and we call it uh, disco muscles. The guys that just look, go to the gym just to look good because the, the muscles are only useful at a disco. They're the mentally toughest people as well because they've maintained a routine. And in the same way, an emotionally strong pe- person who just seems unfazed, they will also be the spiritually most strongest. They will be the ones that can take life as it comes don't seem faced by it. What's, what's the deal there? I can guarantee they're spiritually mature. If you've got someone who lashes out and freaks out, and whatever it might be, hey, it's probably time to push into God more, okay? Stop relying on your own abilities and living in your emotions. Push into a spiritual strength. I think, uh, uh, yeah, oh, we'll move on from that. Uh, guys, I just really want to challenge you. How strong are you in the spirit? How tough are you in the spirit? You know, that there's like a sort of that strength you get 
with some people. They, they don't really go to the gym or whatever, but it, they're just tough. It's like that farmer's tradey strength, you know, that kind of vibe. They're just tough, yeah? That's, that's when mental and physical fitness sort of all uh, strength meet, yeah? Let's be spiritually tough, yeah? Being able to endure whatever it might be for a long period of time, not just, you know, an instant when you're like, yep, I'm going to go to every prayer meeting for the next week because of something. Be spiritually tough. Maintain that routine and maintain that connection because that's where it is. I want to challenge you guys, you know, is if someone is being hurtful in your life, you know, are you responding with love or are you just arcing back up at them? Are you being strong in God? Or are you just giving into the emotion of the, of the circumstance? You know, what's, what is stressing you at work that you just can't let go? It's, you're losing sleep over. I've done that. You know, what, what makes you unsettled? What freaks you out? What are you not relying on in God? Because whatever it is, I guarantee the solution is to press into God and to trust God. To, to give it to him. Stop relying on your own abilities. Rely on his ability. His ability and his promise for us to live a fulfilled life because that's where the solution is. Every time. I guarantee it. Press into him. Maintain that connection. Don't live a life of fear and stress. Give in to God and live in courage and in strength. The solution is always his strength. As we just... Uh, we'll get the band up. Um, there was a... I read, I read a book, it was called uh, He Leadeth Me, and it was by Walter Sizchek. Um, maybe we spoke, heard about him before. He was a Catholic priest, an American-Polish Catholic priest, and he just felt called to preach in Russia. Uh, unfortunately, he was, well, unfortunately, you know, you would think unfortunately, he was in uh, Poland when the Russians came in the 1940s in World War II. And because religion was being clamped down on, he got put in gulags for decades. Just being a priest, don't want any of that Christianity in the Soviet Union. So he got put in gulags for decades. He was in isolation at one point for four years straight. Didn't talk to anyone. Didn't have a Bible, but he built a routine and maintained his connection. And this is what he said. He ended up getting out and he wrote a book. And in that he says, Through the long years of isolation and suffering... God had led me to an understanding of his life and love. He has stripped me away of many of the external consolations, physical and religious, that men rely on and had left me with a core of seemingly simple truths to guide me. And yet what a profound difference they made in my life. What strength they gave me. What courage to go on. He kept preaching and pastoring. He got out and he ended up pastoring up until his death at a Catholic university when he was 80. He survived the worst that life could throw at him, but he was stronger and he maintained a strength with God that almost no one else did in the camps. You read the book and it's horrific. It's just everyone around him essentially just died. And he was in the same circumstance, but God gave him strength to go on. When he was released and he went back to the USA after 24 years, he said, I'm an American, I'm happy to be home, but in many ways, I am stronger. Amen. Let's be strong in God's power, guys. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.